Welcome to the Biz Times MKE podcast and another episode of the Weekly Debrief. I'm Arthur Thomas, Managing Editor at Biz Times Media, and I'm joined on the Weekly Debrief, as always, by Biz Times Editor Andrew Wyland. Andrew, how are you doing today? Good. It's uh, It's been a busy, a busy week, a fun week in a lot of ways, so feeling good here on a Friday after all that. Yeah, busy weeks are always good. Keeps... Makes the days fly by and uh, keeps us on our toes. That's what you want. That's why you're in this business. Definitely. Well, we'll um, get to our insider story spotlight here in just a second. But before we do, want to quickly highlight an upcoming event we have. It'll be our first uh, Milwaukee Education Spotlight. And this will take place on February 23rd. It'll be at the... Italian Community Center in the Third Ward. And it's a really interesting event. We've, we've put a lot of thought into how we've put it together. We have, uh, in several issues, last year in, in February, we put a, an emphasis on education in Milwaukee. Um, and we're doing that again this year. So look for that in our February issue. But we wanted to also bring it to life with an event. And the whole idea of the event is to shine a spotlight on educators in Milwaukee having some success and having and gaining traction and, and making a difference. And more importantly than that, that is certainly important. We also want to connect the business community with those folks who are finding some success and hope that the business community who is not already involved in education in Milwaukee finds a way, um, whatever works for you, um, find a way to get involved. Um, and hopefully this event will be an opportunity to come learn, to come network, to come connect. So please do consider uh, attending. It's February 23rd in the morning at the Italian Community Center. If you're looking for more information, go to biztimes.com slash annual dash events. We'll shift then to our insider story spotlight, which is a chance for us to highlight some of the stories that were available only to BizTimes insiders. Uh, If you are already an insider, we really do appreciate that. Thank you for your support. It helps make our work possible. If you're not an insider, please consider subscribing. It'll get you access to all of the stories on our website, biztimes.com, along with discounted admissions to some of our events and other insider benefits. So, Andrew, what is your insider story spotlight this week? Uh, We had a scoop this week. Ashley Smart reporting on Drexel Building Supply. Planning to build uh, a 200,000 square foot facility up in Key Wascom. Drexel Building Supply is a wholesale building materials supplier. They're based in Campbellsport. Recently, they announced plans to acquire a company in Jackson, which is you know also in Washington County, as Key Wascom is. And now Drexel Building so Drexel Building Supply is going to be building a facility in Key Wascom, which will be the first building in a new industrial park uh, in that village. So uh, as we understand, the company will remain headquartered in Campbellsport, but adding a major facility in a new, to get a new industrial park going in Kewaskum. And they're going to have about a hundred, hundred jobs in that facility. So an interesting, uh, interesting economic development news in Northern Washington County. Absolutely. And uh, we always like to hear those stories of growth and companies expanding and adding jobs. So certainly good news for the region. Uh, My insider story spotlight this week 
focuses in on uh, what we got for earnings out of Livewire Group, which um, the Livewire name may be familiar uh, to some folks. Um, it is the newly publicly traded company um, that makes electric motorcycles. It was spun off from Harley Davidson, uh, which launched the um, Livewire uh, project in the, um, about a decade ago now. So Livewire is now a, a public company of its own, and we get kind of a new insight into its financials. They reported $47 million in revenue last year, um, along with uh, 597 uh, motorcycles sold, which was above their target of 500 uh, for the year. So that's good. Um, one of the things that I always find interesting when we get these looks into their financials is that most of the money is actually not coming from Livewire motorcycles. They're coming actually from the Stasic brand of electric balance bikes that are designed for kids. So it's, you know, the Livewire is certainly the future of that company, um, but it's the the balance bikes that are kind of offering the at least the top line growth um, now uh, to the tune of about $33 million last year. Uh, the other bit of news that came out of that, Livewire was planning next year to sell more than 7,000 motorcycles, um, but they're kind of cutting that they've cut that way down to 75 750 to 2000 behind and push back the launch of a new model um so check out that story for more details on kind of everything that's up with livewire including you know they've, they've got some ambitious growth goals um that are um out through 2026 um and you know we detail those goals in the story and they, they say they're still they think those are still the right ones uh, so we'll have to wait and see, I suppose, but um, an interesting company for us to follow. It is, but I, I think the success of those kids' bikes is really worth watching because I don't know that I was expecting. And if, I don't know that, and like you say, the, the few, that's not the future of the companies, supposedly, but I don't know. That's something to keep an eye on. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. I mean, the, the kids' bikes that part of the business was at least had an operating profit for the year. Um, Live wire motorcycles, which is certainly in like an investment stage uh, and is, you know, doing things to, to try and set it up for growth. Um, So you wouldn't necessarily expect a profit, but um, an $89 million operating loss is, is significant. And the losses are going to continue to grow over the next few years. So um, check that story out. Uh, let's shift gears now to our big story of the week, and that is news from Northwestern Mutual, which announced plans to invest $500 million in its downtown campus, um, creating essentially uh, a second glassy tower um, out of what is currently the, the north office building um, just north of its uh, its downtown office tower. Um, so they will, that building is there already. What is that? 19 stories, Andrew? Is that right? That's right. So it's a 19 story building and, um, it was built in 1990. Um, the plan is to basically strip it down and kind of rebuild around it and make it look, it'll, the renderings show it look very much like the current office tower, uh, that they put up, um, in the last decade. Um, so, Certainly a big infusion of cash or investment with $500 million um, going to the project. The other piece that comes along with that is more employees. Um, The company plans to phase out its Franklin campus, 
um, down at 27th and Drexel, just off of I-94, and move about 2,000 employees uh, to the downtown campus, have everyone on one campus. So that's certainly a big infusion of people into the downtown district. So, Andrew, you uh, had a chance to attend the press conference when they, where they announced this. You got a chance to talk with the architect behind the project. What more uh, can you tell us about what they're planning? I think the big thing to understand about why they're doing this is that, you know, the, the Northwestern Mutual Tower and Commons, you mentioned it, that's the 32-story building that opened in 2017. That's the big, beautiful, glassy tower that now is so prominent on the city's skyline. You know, it's such a wonderful building for the company. This this other building we're talking about now, the 19-story building built in 1990, just north of it, a lot of employees, as it was explained to me, that are working in that building, you know, you kind of feel like, oh, I'm in the other building at the headquarters campus. And while there's nothing particularly wrong with that building, you know, it just kind of pales in comparison to the beautiful new building, and so the company has decided, okay, we're gonna we're going to do a major upgrade of that building and essentially transform it and completely strip it down to the to the to the bones to the and and, and rebuild it so that it actually is going to look like a, a a mini me version basically of the of the tower and commons. It's going to look. Almost identical, other than being only 19 stories tall. It'll be slightly mm-hmm. larger than the current building. And so the real purpose is not just to make it look the same as that building, but for the employee experience to be basically the same. And that includes just the architect talked about the importance of connecting to nature, having window, you know, huge windows with views of the lake and letting natural light in. And there's going to be a garden on the... Uh, the fourth floor, sort of a balcony, I guess, or patio, whatever you want to call it, that kind of thing that the employees will be able to experience. Uh, you know, landscape architecture improvements to the streetscape, creating a public plaza, closing down part of Cass Street uh, next to the building. So just creating a better public realm, but also just a be- just overall better experience that matches what was created with the Northwestern Mutual Tower and Commons. Um, and then, you know, the company also feels it's important to consolidate and have all of its local employees together at the headquarters. So it's a combination of upgrading that building, which not only doing the, will it be an improved space, but it's going to be a more efficient space, which means they'll have more capacity, the company says, for workstations, and then they can bring in the 2,000 employees that are currently at the Franklin campus. Um, so it's interesting just the shift in thinking from the company. 20 years ago when they started developing the Franklin campus, there was a thinking that, you know, they wanted an additional campus, but separate from downtown. They built two buildings with a total of 900,000 square feet. Uh, but now they've reversed thinking and feel like everyone should be consolidated at the headquarters. So, you know, that's that's what's going on. And, and, and there's tremendous impact, obviously, both to downtown and obviously to Franklin from them doing this. Yeah. And, I mean, it's an interesting thing for the office market in general. Um, it's kind of three different pieces there. Let's take downtown first. What does this mean for downtown, which 
over the course of the last few years, just seen less activity with remote work and, you know, fewer people being around. Um, what does this mean for downtown to have Northwestern Mutual, you know, put a $500 million marker down basically? Um, it, you know, it's, it builds on what they did with the tower in a lot of ways, right? Yeah. So it's a huge vote of confidence in downtown Milwaukee from an incredibly prominent company. This is the largest privately held company in the state. It's a fortune, not just fortune 500, fortune 100 uh, company. So, you know, it's a leader in many ways in the business world. So what Northwestern Mutual does gets attention. People take notice. When they did the Tower and Commons project in 2017, that likewise got the market's attention. It was a huge vote of confidence in downtown. Um, And now they're doing it again. It's a similar thing where that is going to, you know, make decision makers as to whether to have your business or invest in downtown Seeing Northwestern Mutual do that, doing this, makes them more likely to want to invest in downtown. And yeah, as you mentioned, it comes after uh, a rough pandemic that has seen a shift in a lot of behaviors, a lot of people working from home remotely or, or doing hybrid work. And a lot of businesses decided they didn't need their offices downtown. There's definitely considerably less people working downtown than before the pandemic that has recovered some, but that certainly hasn't recovered all the way to what it was pre-pandemic. And the city has dealt with a lot of challenges in recent years, spikes in crime, uh, increasing the murder rate uh, significantly, a huge spike in uh, automobile uh, vehicle thefts. Um, So that has been a big problem. And, there's been a lot of negativity about the city. And is it a good place to do business? Well, Northwestern Mutual says, yes, it is. And in fact, they're not the only one. There have been several big companies. Look at Fiserv. They're moving their headquarters from Brookfield to downtown. Look at what Milwaukee Tool has done, opening a downtown office with a lot of employees in it. Um, even outside of the downtown area, you've got Wright Height developing a new headquarters campus near downtown. Uh, Komatsu moving their headquarters to a new development, um, again, kind of just in the Harbor District, just outside downtown, even the Michaels building uh, that was put up a few years ago. So while the city has dealt with a lot of challenges, uh, there are several big companies making major investments in the city and in the downtown area. And this is the latest. That's a lot of positive momentum that you know, downtown and the city can try to build on. Absolutely. There's a lot, a lot for the city to be excited about there. Let's look at Franklin then. That's the other piece of this. That's the other side of this coin, right? Of uh, these jobs are coming from somewhere. Um, and so you have 2,000 employees moving off of the campus. They said 800, 900,000 square feet of building out there, pretty much, you know, right off the interstate. So, what do you make of this for Franklin? On the one hand, certainly a big loss of a corporate citizen. On the other hand, you know, an opportunity to attract someone new. But this seems like a tall task to attract yeah, gonna be, it, a it, user it, for that. Yeah, it's going to be very challenging. Um, you know, and I think there's questions on, okay, 
the company says there's 2,000 employees coming to, from Franklin. How many of those employees are even in in the office every day? You know, uh, an executive from the company told me that both downtown and in Franklin, most of the employees are in the office most of the time. Um, so, I mean, there are still employees at the Franklin campus. But, yeah, you're, you know, when that was developed, it was there was certainly a lot of hope in Franklin and also Oak Creek because this campus is right on the border of Oak Creek. 27th Street is the dividing line between those two communities. Um, there was a lot of hope that that would be an economic anchor that would attract a lot of development around it. And, in fact, the Northwestern Mutual Campus in Franklin was supposed to be a four-phase development, four buildings. They did half of that and uh, didn't move forward with the rest, and now they're pulling. They're going to eventually pull out of there. Um, you look across 27th Street, there's a vast amount of land that Northwestern Mutual either owns or has owned and has planned for years to do a lot of development there. Some of that has occurred. They sold the site to IKEA. They sold a site that there's a hotel on now. Uh, there's an apartment development going up that Northwestern Mutual is doing. So they've had some development there, I mean, some substantial development, but there's also a lot of land there that is still undeveloped. And losing the Northwestern Mutual presence um, probably makes that less appealing to attract more development that had been hoped. So it is going to be a tall task because now you have the two buildings in Franklin, the two office, Northwestern Mutual office buildings, totaling nearly 900,000 square feet. That's a lot of space to fill. Who on earth is going to fill it? There are not a lot of companies floating around that could occupy even one, uh, much less both of those buildings. So, you know, maybe it becomes, you know, a multi-tenant office building, multi-tenant office buildings. But, you know, that's challenging at a time when, as we've talked about, the demand for office space has clearly gone down as people are increasing, you know, have, are so many people working from home or working in a hybrid manner lately. Um, so that's a tough time to try to absorb all that office space. But it does give, as you mentioned, there's an opportunity to use that campus as a way to try to get, catch a big fish, to catch a whale. Um, if you're, if you're trying to attract a big company and Northwestern Mutual has even referenced their hope that it would be used to attract an out-of-state company. That, that is hard to do, for sure. But, you know, it, it, it does give economic development officials something to offer if they're appealing to companies that may be considered relocating and maybe looking at Wisconsin, maybe looking at the Milwaukee area, saying, hey, here's a, a campus with two big office buildings, additional, there's 16 additional acres on that campus you could do more development with. Um, it's like a turnkey if you're going to try to potentially lure another company to move here. Mm-hmm. So that's an attractive asset. But finding a company willing to do that is, won't be easy. So it's very interesting to see how it plays out down there. Yeah. Cara Spoto, our real estate reporter, had a story yesterday on Thursday um, looking at kind of the, the what's going on with Franklin here. 
And she talked with Jim Page from Milwaukee 7, who's kind of heads up regional economic development efforts and um, corporate attraction. And, you know, he had a couple of interesting comments talking about their he thinks there's a credible case for drawing people from northeastern Illinois to Franklin, um, which means not there are worse drives um, than uh-huh. from, you know, Gurney to Franklin um, or, you know, things like that. Uh, it's a pretty straight yeah, shot. You get to Franklin faster than you get to downtown Chicago. Yeah, I'm certainly. And, and <laughs> the number of traffic jams, you know, that uh, occur, I mean, um, along that stretch, it's not not certainly is better than uh, than driving by O'Hare. I can confirm for you. Um, uh, the other thing he talked about was um, that kind of turnkey element. You know, you you can talk about you know how great the region is or what we have in terms of a workforce or infrastructure or things like that. But if, his line was, but if you don't have an actual building or a site that will fit their needs. The rest doesn't matter. It's not the most important, but it's key to getting a deal done. The fact that you have a building that is ready is phenomenal. So in short, I think it's kind of one of those, it's not a great situation to be in, but it beats, you know, not having a building ready to go in terms of attracting someone big. Um, It beats having to retrofit something massively to make it work. Um, It beats, having you know uh a 10 mile drive off the interstate and not being connected you know right there it beats a lot of things um but it's not perfect so um maybe you can get it somewhere out of northern illinois who knows maybe milwaukee tool keeps up their crazy growth and needs yeah. more space for two thousand employees there you go they got the um, northwest side they got downtown um you know yeah i mean you know like I said, when you're trying to think about what companies could possibly absorb that much space, there aren't very many. But if you were going to make a list, um, you would you would look at Milwaukee Tools certainly as a possibility because their expansion has just been all over the place, like you mentioned. Um, and just, I mean, pure speculation, you would have to look at companies that are large and growing quickly. And you kind of throw out Generac. I mean, I don't know. There's no necessary reason to think they would be interested in it, but they just bought, you know, the former American Family Insurance Building along I-94 in Pewaukee. There's another big and growing company. Uh, you know, I have no indication that they'd be interested in that, but you know, that's the type of company you think is a possibility. Um, yeah. Back to the angle of attracting a company from out of state, you know, you, you, you make an interesting comparison. You, you could make an interesting comparison to the sort of Foxconn situation where local economic development officials, Milwaukee 7 and, and, and others, tried to attract Intel uh, to build a massive semiconductor chip manufacturing complex. They pitched the Foxconn site, which, of course, Foxconn is only partially developed. It's well documented. There's a lot of land there with a lot of infrastructure has been put in. So that is kind of like shovel ready. Uh, now, we lost the bidding. Intel chose the Columbus, Ohio area instead. But officials were encouraged that Intel gave such cr- strong consideration and felt that the Foxconn site was appealing because it was a lot of land with the infrastructure in place. It was ready to go. It's shovel ready. Kind of similar thing. You look at this Northwestern Mutual campus in Franklin. It could also be pitched as, hey, this is ready to go. 
if you're a company that's thinking about moving, and maybe Illinois is, is a place to look with a lot of turmoil down there. A lot of companies have left the Chicago area in recent years. Um, some have come to Kenosha County. Um, maybe that's, uh, it's, it's a card that uh, economic development officials can play. And, you know, maybe there's a big fish to be caught at some point. There you go. You connect the, the Foxconn campus and the, the Northwest Mutual Franklin campus and, uh, you know, get one really big, you know, someone wants manufacturing down in, in Mount Pleasant and a big office thing. It'll, it'll all work out. It'll be fine. <laughs> um, well, the other piece of this is the office market in general. We've, we've kind of hinted at it a couple different times here with remote work and different things like that. And part of it, if you think about just the math of this and they're, they're vacating Franklin and moving into you know, everyone into downtown, that's a, kind of a, a consolidation. They're, they're taking square footage out of that total portfolio. Um, and the office market is just, I mean, we've seen, we've talked a couple of times recently on the podcast about kind of the, the flight to quality idea with the, the moves to the, the BMO um, tower in downtown. What what does all this do, you think, for the office market um, in general um, in the region? Uh, a few interesting observations, I, I think, are... One that, you know, with the pandemic causing so much work from home and hybrid work now, I mean, I think a lot of people have wondered, boy, who even needs an office anymore? You know, what's the future of office space? What's going to happen to office space? I mean, I wondered the Northwestern Mutual building with Northwestern, the, the tower, um, is that building even being used? What's the status of things? So for Northwestern Mutual to now say, guess what? Office space is still important. We still want people coming into the office to the extent that they're willing to invest hundreds of millions of dollars into office space. That's a big statement that says, yeah, office space is still important. And obviously things have changed so much with people working remotely or hybrid that they're not in the office all the time. So maybe you don't need as much office space, like you say, they're consolidating while vacating a large amount of space. And they really aren't expanding the space downtown. They're making it better. They're making it more efficient so they feel that the capacity of it will be higher. But it's not really more space. It's, it, it's the, the building will only be slightly larger after it's rebuilt. So it's an interesting play but i think the most interesting thing to me is the, the just the amount of investment in office space hundreds of millions of dollars which is saying you know what office space is still important and as far as the flight to quality yeah if you if you do want employees to come to the office you, you better make it appealing as possible and northwestern mutual feels they need to make the north building on their on their campus up to par with the Tower and Commons building. And, you know, that's, again, you mentioned the BMO Tower. It's an example of a brand new building that is attracting tenants from older buildings. So the, if you, in, in the new landscape of office space, quality, which is always important, is more important than ever to have employees want to come in and be in your workplace. Yeah, I mean, we're certainly in a different world than we were 
2018, 2019 in a lot of ways. Um, but we're also not in the world that I, that we were in, in 2020 or that some people projected we'd be in come, you know, 2023, um, in terms of, you know, remote work taking over everything. Um, but I think to go back to where we started our conversation around kind of why is North or why would Northwestern Mutual be doing this? And that idea of, you know, making the North building, not the other building, making it feel the same, making that quality feel that experience for employees um, be more, you know, more uniform in some ways it's, it's more of a carrot um, approach to getting people back into the office than maybe the stick that some other companies are taking where it's more of a mandated, you will be back in the office five days a week mm-hmm. kind of, you know, approach because uh, as much as we've seen, you know, tech layoffs and some economic uncertainty, unemployment rates still awfully low and people do have some choice and, and are, are more and more choosy about where they work and, who they work for. Um, so the employers have to think about that. And granted, not everyone's got the $500 million laying around to uh, invest in, in their own office facility, but yeah. you know, that I think, you know, everyone's got their own version of, of what they can, what they can do within their means to make those investments um, to make their, their office environment somewhere that people want to be. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I think uh, Northwestern Mutual CEO John Schlifsky used that carrot phrase himself, saying that they feel the the way to get employees to come in that that is an important part of their culture. They've talked about relationships and collaboration being an important part of what they do. Um, but the best way to get employees to come in and, and and do that is to take that quote unquote carrot approach and make it an attractive place where where they want to be. Absolutely. Well, where I want to be next week at this time is on the weekly debrief. But until then, uh, we'll <laughs> leave it there. Andrew, thanks for joining me as always on the podcast. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. This is Dan Meyer with BizTimes Media. You've been listening to the BizTimes MKE podcast. For more business news and insights, be sure to go to biztimes.com and subscribe to any of our daily e-newsletters and our magazine, BizTimes Milwaukee.